Welcome to Two Bit Encryption, the officially unofficial podcast for Mr. Robot on USA. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. I said that really fast. Uh, we are talking about season four, episode six, titled "Not Acceptable." I got to slow my speech down here a little bit. Take a breath. Uh, what do you think of this episode? It's Aaron? the one where Mr. Chips finally turned to Scarface. <laughs> hmm. Okay, there were some lines crossed, certainly, yeah. This is, uh, I mean, I, I from the feedback I've gotten, just looking at what people are saying online, it feels like the Elliot kind of crossed a Rubicon here, that he, uh, this was uh, at the very least still watching Jane choke to death her own vomit moment, if, if, if not a little bit more intentional than that. And it's like, the other thing is okay. like, um, I can't wait till we actually get to the scene in question, because I'm not entirely sure whether it's not meant to be even darker than it than it than it already is um i don't i'm not even sure how it could be but i'm but, interested to hear you but i i i, I really like this episode i thought the scene um between elliot and olivia was dynamite um mm-hmm. i thought the scene between dom and Dar the scenes between dom and darlene were dynamite i thought uh vera uh, is a really fascinating, interesting character with a lot of like really good dialogue and just captivating performance. Although I know a lot of people disagree, hmm. uh, I liked it. I so the only thing that I guess negative is I'm getting a little bit antsy that like some th- some big questions that were raised really early in the season don't seem to. I mean, it, it, it kind of makes sense because from Elliot's st- stand- standpoint, what 16 hours have elapsed since he found out he had a third personality. Yeah, not very long. But it's it's weird in the in the many monologues that Mr. Robots has that like that's not acknowledged that that's like not something on their mind. It's almost like the show has forgotten mm-hmm. about it. So like I get it. Like in story t- storytelling purposes, it seems like it'd be justified. But it's also like, man, I'm I w- why bring it up that early if it's not going to matter from the, for the yeah. action? It seemed like maybe it was a pacing error. Um, but could I don't be. know. It could just be that this is a breakneck season that's really, really right. compressed into a say like, you know, we're still on Christmas. So uh, what do you think? Yeah, I thought this episode was great. Um, I think maybe the MVP of this whole episode is Vera. And I find myself sort of cringing when I say that because when he came back at the end of season three, I was like, fuck this. I, this is the last person I wanted to see in season four. He's meaningless to the plot. Nothing they could do is of any consequence with this character. Why bring him back? He's the he's the wild card. Now, yeah, I'm not so sure about that. And the performance that that dude is putting in mm-hmm. kind of made it all worth it. In certainly in this episode. Now, I think it's still yet to be seen whether he's going to play a bigger role and a and a consequential role in the end of this story. I can't imagine that he won't if Sam Esmail bothered like to bring him back. To, right? He's the one thing that neither Elliot nor yeah. White Rose accounted for in their game for world domination. Right. Like this this two bit. Uh, Manhattan or New York City gangster who mm-hmm. wants to run the city like it like such a grandiose goal from his standpoint but such a minor like bit playing pawn it's yeah. it's it's we it's it's funny it's like uh Philip Price getting brought down by meter maid sure you know uh, yeah. all this unpaid parking tickets is what's going to uh, bring you down um but he he's he's has a capacity to cause a lot of pain and suffering particularly to uh, Elliot and the people that he cares about so mm-hmm. and his like warrior poet like gangster yeah. poet thing is uh-huh. was a lot weirder before in mm-hmm. this episode i found it like really really good really precise with its metaphor mm-hmm. like other times i thought he was talking nonsense mm-hmm. now it it kind of works for me so 
I don't know. I'm, I'm still a little bit up in the air on him, but I thought he did a great job this episode. Uh, the other thing, uh, with your 12 Nights of Theory, 12 Nights of Christmas Theory that you yeah. had uh, last episode. 12 Nights of Theorizing. I, I, was looking, I, I was looking for ev- everywhere. Were, were yeah. there six geese laying? I think they left that to the Watchmen this week because there is eggs. Eggs gal- egg yeah. galore over there. Uh, I mean, the only thing I can think of is a little bitch laid about uh, six <laughs> goose eggs on the bully's skull when he beat him with the ba- baseball bat, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I felt like the, the death howl was uh, present, yeah. Uh, yeah, I felt like the, the death howl last episode was prescient. That, uh, uh, I, I, but, but it's weird that there was that many of those that worked in for the first five episodes yeah. and then he just stopped. Like, cause people were posting. Which makes I, me think I missed it. I well, just missed the six. I, here's the thing I saw on Reddit, like all last week, people were posting like, look at this famous picture that depicts six geese or look at like the ways you could uh-huh. make it work. And then. Uh, I was looking. I was looking for people, and there was a couple threads where people are saying, "So where were the six geese?" And there was zero responses. Like I, yeah. the hive mind would have found them if they were there, unless it's some kind of like uh, you got to reverse the color and flip the screen <laughs> right. and run it through it's a Bayesian. The bricks. It's and all out. about the bricks in that building. Yeah, man. yeah, yeah, yeah. If it's yeah. something, it's buried pretty, pretty, pretty far under the the the, the surface. So is that brick theory? Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so they do have one episode of play in there, right? Because there's 13 episodes in the season, and we got 12 days of Christmas, so they do have an episode to skip. Maybe they a mid 12 day hiatus. Yeah, yeah. All right, we'll see. I'm I'm holding out hope for next week. The the geese are holding out for for more money to make their appearance. Yeah, Yeah. they're This is negotiating to Darlene, Portion, and Carly. (laughs) Tell it to them. Yeah. They won't be happy about that. Mm-mm. And wait till the maids of milk can make their demands. <laughs> right. Some brief housekeeping. First up uh, on Swizzbold, our new network that Jim, Cecily, and I launched, uh, the debut of Three Right Turns, a political podcast that I'm hosting. It's an introduction pod where I talk about my cultural, religious, and economic background and how it informs the show and the objectives of Three Right Turns. If that sounds cool, check out swizzbold.com or search for Three Right Turns uh, wherever you listen to podcasts. Pickle Me This, our Rick and Morty podcast, is banging this week because the season premiere of Rick and Morty just dropped season four. It was amazing. It's a good time. Uh, there's a bunch of fascist Care Bears in it. Check that out on Pickle Me This. On Bald Moon TV, Alexis and Cecily are doing his dark materials on HBO, a.k.a. Her Magical Ferret Hour. I'm still trying to figure out what the fuck even is dust. Also on Bald Moon TV, Jim and I are going to be talking about uh, The Mandalorian this week. We're going to be previewing that on the new Disney service. Bald Movies features Dr. Sleep last week. This week we're going to be seeing Ford versus Ferrari. Check that out if you're interested in those movies. We had the finale of American Horror Story. Our Watchmen podcast, We Do, is still weird as fuck. You can find the latest stuff we're doing at baldmove.com or search for any of these show names where you listen to your favorite podcasts. Okay, let's talk about the actual episode with the recap. Yes, let us do this. All right, we start off with Vera telling Krista the tale of a bully and a little bitch. Uh-huh. That's a whole scene. Yep. And it's great. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I, my first point in my notes is, is this Vera's origin story? And of course it is. Of course it seems it is. like it. I mean, they play with enough that like it wouldn't surprise me if um, it it turned out that it wasn't. But I mean, it seems like it. Mm-hmm. He's not denying it when she tried to turn the tables on him. He, uh, I thought that was a pretty good kind of um, Joe Pesci, Goodfellas yeah. type of performance of like, oh, like Krista summoned up all of her courage mm-hmm. 
and screwed it to the sticking place, and then he just like completely melted it. Like yeah, so she, you she, she had she had one one punch in her, and then that that was it. That was it. Yeah, uh, and she's gonna gonna be his bat to uh, kind of break Elliot down and repurpose him. I love the minor like the minor chord carol of the bells that they played underneath the whole thing too. I, I just God, I love the I love all the the, yeah. the way they use the Christmas music in this. Uh, in this season it's really good there's there's a lot of like just weird sort of uh, lightly off-putting things about this scene like the way he says xmas he says xmas constantly mm-hmm. and even if i write xmas i usually say christmas and i think most people do like, i say xmas a lot though you say xmas yeah hmm okay i think it's because i'm not a a Christian. Christian, yeah, sure. So like, it doesn't it doesn't read offensive. It's just kind of like a a, a playful, fun thing. It's kind of like saying "lol" out loud. Oh, I didn't find it offensive. Okay. Obviously, I'm not a Christian either. He's got like, it just sounded stilted or unnatural. Yeah, it, well, it was just something notable about his character. Where everybody else says Christmas, he says Xmas. Yeah, and I couldn't quite. I was he, trying to pin down what that meant, but he's a frontline warrior on the war against Christmas. Yeah. He's not even going to say the name. No. Yeah. Happy holidays, happy Xmas. How about that, little bitch? <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, that's, so that's a good scene. And then we move on to Elliot and Darlene talking about the next step of the hack. And then Elliot apologizes for being an asshole. Uh, the entire time, Darlene is kind of staring at Angela's uh, ballet slippers. And then Dom shows up at her house with a gun. Yeah. Uh, and actually, she's been there the whole time. That's the the, the 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 plot revolves around her hearing this entire conversation. Yeah, and it's bittersweet because like Elliot finally get a ch- got a chance to um, after not speaking last episode and her, his, his sister giving him him that moment of grace. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he 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 admitted everything. He he, he and I think that's a lot of like a, she was just wanting the, the the apology and the recognition. Yeah. Um, but then she's not going to get to enjoy it because she gets a gun stuck in her face. Um, they did a lot of exposition where like some things we were worried last episode about like, boy, seems like if you had a cyber break into this big data warehouse that it would blow up your hack. That's not no, no problems. No, no problems. problems whatsoever. They're getting all the network traffic. Proxy from... attack on virtual realties ago. They can uh-huh. see all the encrypted traffic. They're just they want... just have a piss poor IT administrator. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> just well, the worst. Or someone's trying to cover things up on Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. It just seems like uh, there's a, it's a little bit fast and loose here because you I don't know because I don't understand how the shell company works. Right, so it's a virtual realty company, but like um, this administrator that Olivia has to call this episode, would he be informed that there was a break in? And like I'm just saying, like you know the way that uh, the way that they they did such a great job of portraying that guard, kind of like being appropriately aware. He wasn't like a Superman, but he you know he put together mm-hmm. all these weird coincidences. Like it seems that maybe Olivia's boss would have the same kind of thing. Like this is a really odd request. Okay, I'll do it. And then, oh, she ghosts me for three phone calls. And then I call and she sounds kind of nervous. And also, there's nothing here for me to look at. Like, mm-hmm. there's three or four weird things from his point of view. Um, oh, yeah. But I don't know. It's like, I, if it, is, is, this, is this supposed to tell me that, like, none of that's important? I should stop worrying about it? Or is this going to uh, get, get Elliot kinked up in an episode and, two, and I'll slap my head and be like, oh, of course. I'm yeah, not I mean, sure. I would think at the very least that with the Dark Army following Elliot, 
keeping keeping eyes on Elliot. And we know that they are because mm-hmm. they've got this photo mm-hmm. and everything. Maybe they're just doing it through Janice. Uh, seems a little bit implausible that that would be their only method of keeping an eye on mm-hmm. Elliot because they didn't even know about him until, or know he was involved in this until after the fact. Right. But like you would think Dark Army would be aware that the building was broken into and go, oh shit, that's actually like a very close tie to the source of our funds. Yeah. We need to do something about they, this. But White Rose is very much not concerned about that, which surprises me. Yeah, I mean, but she is too because she's ordered to like everyone keep an extra. Uh, that's the thing. Like she in the, in the beginning of the season said, okay, well, we'll just keep a round the clock eye on Mr. Alderson. And they've lost track of him. And one of their vans is again burnt. And one of the secure mm-hmm. like linchpin facilities was broken into. And it's just like, mm-hmm. again, I, I, if, if this was any other episode of, or season of, of Mr. Robot, I would think, well, this is going to be significant. But I don't know. It's a final season, and we're yeah. just trying to get to the end. So maybe we're just going to let some of the subtle points of the hacking slide. Mm-hmm. Not sure. I, it's a little bit disappointing. but uh, Or she could be aware of all this and just think she's still got it under control. Yeah. And that she can bring Elliot in, convince him. And... I wish they would acknowledge that because like that would have made that scene between yeah. her and her her assistant a lot stronger if she could like rattle off like look at all the fucking weird mm-hmm. shit and you are just like ignoring all these flashing red and you know that but I that's just like I don't that, that's it's just weird like I'm not sure if Mr. Robot's aware of the story they're telling at, at, at this juncture <laughs> but sure. I, it's it's not it's not screwing up my enjoyment of the show it's just something I'm noticing and I wish I didn't. Well I mean there there are things that I think they certainly want us to hand wave away mm-hmm. and or overlook themselves when they're telling the story. Because, I mean, remember what happened to Elliot last episode. Sure. Elliot was walking through the woods all frozen mm-hmm. two episodes ago. The next episode, he's in a New York marathon sprint away from the two cops. Or three he gets hit by a sure. fucking yeah. car. He's got his hands are all scraped up. Falls this off episode, a cliff. Yeah. totally fine. Uh-huh. No problem whatsoever. Yeah. So they're hand waving some stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm willing to follow him down down that path. But there's but. a lot like this is like there's two or three other weird things that like doesn't yeah. make sense fitting into the Mr. Robot universe. So I'm like, that's what I'm saying. Like, where I, are I, your lines, Aaron? What line right, what? will you not cross in following Mr. Robot? Yeah. If Joey Badass can just get out of from under White Rose, no questions <laughs> asked, then uh-huh. ahead is nothing but darkness as far as I'm concerned. Irving did it. There's a precedent for that. <laughs> Anyway, uh, yeah, let's go over to Leon showing up to tell Elliot that he's now a full-time freelancer. Uh, he passes him something under the table, and he says, call me if you ever need anything. Uh, Mr. Robot tries to talk Elliot out of crossing whatever line he's about to cross at the coffee shop. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is the same coffee shop. I don't know if people recognize this from season one, where he blackmailed this guy who had the child porn ring mm-hmm. uh, and a whole bunch of shit going down on his computer. I don't remember the outcome of that, if he actually like got his store shut down or what, but it used to be Ron's Coffee. Now it's Todd's Coffee Shop. Yeah. So Under that has new, changed hands. No longer pedophile management. Right. Or the guy changed his name to, to it's a branding. some anonymity. It's a branding? It's a branding thing, oh, yeah. Oh, man. Still running the ring. Still serving up hot. What's Java. the new name? Todd. Todd. Todd's coffee. Oh well, we'll know for sure if uh, if uh, Subway brings back a suspiciously <laughs> familiar mascot, and it's Subway Todd now. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm Todd. Uh huh. I lost a bunch of weight, Subway. That's all you need to know about me. <laughs> <laughs> Don't go digging. Uh. Uh. This sets up 
a possible confrontation this whole episode does between Leon and Vera, which I could not be more excited about. Or Leon and Janice. Yes, I'll take all three. I mean, because I, I think Leon could whip all of them. Yep. Like, I, I, yep. I he's, I, uh... Vero would be too busy giving some philosophical speech about uh-huh. a little bitch and a bat. It's just and... Vero's not ready for any. He's he's no. he's the level one boss thinking he's fucking King Koopa. Yeah. And he's going to find <laughs> out he's not. Now, Janice... He's a Koopaling at best. Janice, like, I... Janice is is kind of scary because I I I I thought at this point of the last season that Irv was kind of a frivolous doofus character, okay. And Irv yeah. was just a used car salesman. This lady's got a legitimately scary profession. <laughs> so like Janice Scott could bust out some fucking American ninja moves. I don't know, mm-hmm. or she's like the master with the knives or the scalpel or dr- she she might uh, give Leon a run for his money, but the. Uh, you know, I, 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 Leon's a known quantity as far as the badass department is in his name. That's that's true. So, yeah. uh, I, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm on team Joey badass. Uh, he passed him the oxy under the table. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it's surprising. There's a lot of people on Reddit just completely missed. They're like, uh, the answers I need, like, what did Joey, what, what did, uh, Joey, Jesus, what did uh, Leon pass the, uh, Elliot under the table? And I'm like, that's, it's the drugs. It's the drugs. Yeah. The bastard drugs. But, like, did you not... White Rose's organization... Like, Philip can't fucking get out of this thing clean. How can random hitmen get out of the organization? That was probably my biggest question. I'm thinking this... So I'm thinking, like, this is, like, a flashing red danger sign that Elliot should see, and he doesn't. Mm -hmm. Um, But on the other hand, like, why is the Dark Army looking... Still looking for Elliot if, if... Leon is still working for them. Like, hey, I just made I just made contact with him. He's at the coffee shop. I'm following him. You know? Yeah, that wouldn't make any sense. So like there's a couple things where like I, I want to believe that I'm being misdirected because what I think I understand about the Dark Army is that this kind of thing just doesn't happen. You know? That people leave like that? Yeah. I mean, but I, like I said, there's precedent. Irving can do it, but I mean, Irving's really high up. Like, yeah, Irving felt like he was like at one point second command, and he's kind of yeah. like, uh, you know, a retired member, a board of directors member has come back to, do, to as a favor for the president of the company to do one last kind of troubleshooting project, and he's going to fuck off if it's the book. Like he has, yeah. you know, they didn't allow Tyrell out. They didn't allow right. Uh, yeah, Philip out. Like. Yeah, no, it's, it's a fine question, and I don't. And that's the thing; have it's, it's messy, but I'm not sure if it's intentionally messy or if this is just like, well, we got to we got to wrap this story up in one season, so we're taking some shortcuts. Messy. I'm fine either yeah. way. I just wish I I wish I had a handle on it. Mm-hmm. And then there's also during the scene a uh, voiceover from Mr. Robot about Elliot's lines, um, and you know, because Elliot says, "Look, we're long past crossing lines." Mm-hmm. And, and this whole episode kind of revolves around what lines you will and won't cross, whether you even recognize there are lines, what that means uh, as far as any possible redemption for you. Uh, and we'll get further into that as we go through the episode. Mm-hmm. But for now, we move on to Dom, who asks Darlene about Elliot, uh, where his where he is specifically. But she isn't giving up the info, so Dom calls Janice, who says she'll be she'll run it up the chain and get back to her, actually. There's a couple of code words they use when they call each other. Clorox. Market. market. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just completely random as far as I can tell. I don't 
think there's any meaning behind those. I wonder if there's some kind of rotating thing, like they got a code uh -huh. book where you're supposed to use the next one in sequence. And I, I just like. Oh yeah, if they're changing up cell phones in the Deus group every five days. Yeah. They're changing up their code words. Yeah, and that's the thing is like this is why I don't want to just write off the the Leon stuff and um, uh, the the what was the other thing I was, we were talking about? Oh, the 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 hack seeming like it is improbable that it would go off is because they're still doing this like really smart fieldcraft type things, showing mm -hmm. that like hey, don't forget that this is a smart show about yeah hacking and and observation and espionage. So uh, it's it's confusing to me. Then we go to Elliot at Olivia's house. He brings her coffee and she invites him in. Uh, once inside, Elliot reveals he knows about Cypress National and Deus and tells her to make a phone call to her boss to get him some login info so he can steal the credentials. Uh, she refuses and tells him to leave, so he reveals that he's actually drugged her coffee and reminds her she'll lose her kid if anyone finds out. She's back on drugs. Yeah. Uh... Pretty fucked up. Uh-huh. It's funny because that was his strat that was how he was going to get her to do the first part of it. I wonder mm. I mean, it's it's funny because he found this like second this third path, which is the way it works out, and Olivia plays this great. I don't know who this this woman is, but her performance, yeah. um, she was so winning and uh, likable and so like hurt and wounded and angry and defiant in this one i thought she did a, a she's really really arresting performance um but like elliot trying to do this kind of like the you know trying to do things a nice way at the velvet touch just just made the knife twist that much worse because if he just blackmailed her with the drugs in the first place mm -hmm. then he just comes back and be like oh well, you know this is the thing about blackmail you can never ever ever get away mm -hmm. <laughs> like every single time it's going to be easier to blackmail you because i've done it before and if you were going to like stand up for yourself and turn me into the cops you know yeah. sunk cost fallacy it's all that stuff it's like <laughs> but um you know him having to do this because he ran out of time and having to do it anyway after he's already slept with her and forged this emotional connection is just the fucking worst. And I think you're supposed to be questioning in these scenes whether this was actually the fastest and really the only way to get what he needed. Because I mean, Mr. Robot questions it right, like yeah, there there might be a, an easier way, and he says no, no, this is the fastest. But like, there's a lot of stuff in here that complicates that, and I think. When we get to the the scene after she cuts her wrist, I want to talk about that because there there's something in that performance that to me says there was another way, there mm -hmm. was a middle path, and it was just as fast as the path that he chose, but mm -hmm. far less devastating. Well, the other thing is like I maybe wonder just in a like a, an actual kind of meta way if someone's been clean sober for what was it eight years? Yeah. Um, something's over for eight years, and then you randomly spike a coffee with a couple OxyContin. Mm -hmm. Uh, do they make? Do, do they fall off the wagon, and, and they don't know about it? Do they fall? Do they? Would they oh, actually if fall they off? Don't know about yeah, it. Yeah, like because like otherwise she'd be like Elliot leaves, and like oh I had a nice conversation with Elliot, and like oh I'm sleepy. Oh I feel like man, at Christmas took it out of me. I'm gonna take a nap. Like huh. I, I don't I don't know because my experience with the drug, of course I've never taken it rec recreationally. Um. Mm. I, believe me, I tell you if I did, 
uh, is it just makes me kind of sleepy, kind of like warm and sleepy. So I, I don't know if like take an oxy. I don't know if, if, if I would if I would uh, if I would drink a, a, a coffee laced with that. I think I just assumed to like, oh man, holidays really took it out of me. Yeah, what he didn't realize is the coffee just completely offset the effect. Yeah, uh-huh. that yeah. wired her up, and then well, what he doesn't understand is that Starbucks puts a little bit of oxy in all their coffee. <laughs> right, he overdosed her accidentally. <laughs> That's why it's so expensive, and you can't stop them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, uh, never done it. I couldn't tell you. Um, so I was if wondering it's anything like, like uh, Vicodin, then yeah, sure. It just it I mean, it'd be one mild. thing if like he laced it like with uh, like LSD or something like that, yeah, where it's yeah. like, oh yeah, you're going to know something's fucking up. Like right. you know, you're either gone, you're either going psychotic or you've been <laughs> drugged. But something that just makes you feel kind of safe, warm, and sleepy. Hmm, I'm not sure. Hmm. Uh, yeah, and it's important in this scene to note that he mentions this uh, massacre in El Salado. Mm-hmm which I found that is something that not a lot of people know about. I certainly didn't. Uh, I didn't do a ton of research on it, but I know it's a real event that happened uh, in, I assumed in around that 2000. When, I assume when I first watched it, it was like a made-up... Uh, like I was too. like, when did, yeah. man, was there something that happened in Central or South America that I missed out on uh, in the litany of things the White Rose has pulled? But no, it's, uh, mm. it's a real deal. Yeah, and it's pretty heinous. If you're interested in finding out more information, Wikipedia has... It's a real-life thing, unlike... Services the uh iraq civil wars or the iraq wars right those totally things fabricated by yeah those, those things are uh just just totally made up by the dark army okay let's move on to white rose getting an update on elliot's status and her assistant urging her to eliminate elliot she refuses and tells her instead to find elliot and bring him in so that she can explain the details of her plan to him and they can all be on the same side finally Four seasons in, four three and a half seasons in, mm-hmm. we're finally going to get on the same page. Yeah, this couldn't have been explained day one when they met with the hard drives. <laughs> Elliot, I got this plan. Yep, and I think you're the perfect hacker to help me pull it off. Yep, D- Dom, Elliot, Darlene, team up. <laughs> Fuck it, that that was last episode. It's all about the White Rose, Elliot. Right, the White Robot. Somehow Mr. I don't Rose. think he's going to be convinced by whatever she has what to does offer. She, what does she talk? I've got an idea, but I want to hear what you th- what your thought was when she goes, he just needs to realize that we're on the same side. Yeah, I, I think this all comes down to, whether it's delusional or not, her belief that uh, she can bring back the people they've lost in some form. And I don't know what that takes. I don't know if that's a facsimile quantum computer version of, of Elliot's father or like what it is, but that's the core of it, I think. I wonder because I that's the my first kind of thought too. But when I was thinking about it more, and I was trying to think of like you know what have we learned about White Rose this this season that you she couldn't like you know because why hasn't she made this statement before? Mm-hmm. Plenty of opportunities for her to say you know like oh we're just shadowy sides of the same coin, Mr. Elliot, yeah, Mr. Anderson, Mr. Alderson. Uh, sorry, I watched Matrix this weekend. It's, <laughs> it's stuck in my head. Um, uh, but so her backstory revealed that her and her lover wanted to escape to America so they could be free and live their lives. Then she had the opportunity to be uh, this, this minister of, of defense or security, and she saw an opportunity to change China mm-hmm. to make it more friendly for people like herself and her lover, right? Mm-hmm. The lover bailed on that because he didn't have the patience uh, and and, and wherewithal to, to do that. But that's what Elliot's wanting to do, right? He wants to change the world to make it a better place from his standpoint. Yeah. They both are not big fans of democracy. They want to just 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 pull these levers of power 
uh, because it's what they think is right. And it's what they think the world needs. Mm-hmm. I wonder if it's more of that, like like she sees herself as trying to make the world a better place um, as like some kind of like uh, a freedom fighter. And she thinks if she can explain it to Elliot in, in the right way that he'll be on board in much the same way that Elliot's tried to articulate to other people. You know, like like Olivia, he tried to get Olivia on her board today and she's like, you're a fucking monster, you know, like you, you don't even see it. I, I wonder if there's something to that, that she she sees herself as some kind of freedom fighter fighting for a better tomorrow. Um, and she thinks she can convince Elliot of that. She's got to convince me, too, because I've seen all the harm that she's done. But that's the thing, and... like Mr. Robot says, like once you cross all the last line, it's nothing but mm-hmm. darkness ahead. Like, so. What is the difference between Elliot and Mr. Robot other than Mr. Robot can still see the line he, the last line he crossed? Uh, or I'm sorry, what's the difference yeah, yeah. between White Rose and Elliot? Be- because sure. El- you know, White Rose has been doing this a lot of time. She's much, 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 much further over those last lines. If you think that Elliot crossed the last line here, then you know what is the difference between them? I, 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 and there may not be. That may be the same side that they're on. Mm-hmm. It's just the side of being monsters. And yeah. we may turn on both of them by the end of this sure. series. If if you haven't already, like yeah. if this episode didn't do it for you. Because that's the thing. It's like, you know, you can, the ends justify the, I, I'm partial to the ends sometimes justifying the means. Like, you mm-hmm. know, like if, if you, if you don't believe that, then you'll never, ever, ever believe in ever going to war or defending yourself or doing any kind of like moral harm to do some kind of larger goal. Yeah. But yeah, like the fact that Elliot's already but, done all this but stuff. But it encourages and, us to question where are our lines with that, right? Like, yeah. This whole episode is about those lines. And, and, you, and Elliot took a shot. He did it, and he did nothing but make the rich richer and the poor yeah. poorer. So, like, you know, it's a certain lack of humility to think, oh, what I need is a second shot. Mm-hmm. And, oh, if that fucks up, well, then I just need a third shot. Like, that's how you get to be White Rose. Yeah, for that's, sure. That's how you start Civil Wars in Congo, because it'll all be worth it in the end. And I, I think that's what they're playing with. Um, I also think they're playing that playing with that with uh, Vera too. Mm-hmm. That like you're supposed to see like they're just the same person at th- executing at three different levels of society. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. Did you look into any of the equations or on that big board that White Rose is standing in front of? Yeah, I, I saw the equations or the the long ass equation uh-huh. on the left side of that board or slide, whatever the hell it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, is probably some kind of quantum computing uh, equation, quantum mechanics equation. Mm-hmm. Uh, the right side, I, I, I glanced at something that talked about what the top was, but the bottom is probably some kind of representation of a two-slit two experiment. The double-slit experiment. Yeah, um, which I think we talked about an episode or two ago. Did we? Okay. I think so, yeah. It's a complicated topic, um, uh-huh. but it just seems like it's just science stuff. Yep. Because uh, there's a couple of uh, physics, um, uh, physicians, right, not physicians, physics majors uh, and uh, people with physics degrees in the Mr. Robot subreddit all kind of coming to a quorum that it's just it's just random quantum mechanics stuff and just pretty standard, like, first-year type of lecture type things on the double-slit experiment. And if you want to know more about that, it's way way out of the scope of this podcast explain it it's, it's, theory. it's, it's all yeah. very fascinating uh and yeah so to do a youtube mm-hmm. search for double slit experiment and it'll it'll sort you out i don't think it has i don't think it has anything to do with the, the this this uh season or the show um other than i don't know why white rose would be standing there contemplating these equations and and 
representation what i mean is i don't think it's, it's if, going to like if you believe that this is going to be some sci-fi extravaganza to end mr robot then like this is red meat but if you think that like white rose is delusional or that the plan might touch on these things but it's not going to be like literal time travel it's not going to dissuade mm -hmm. you either way like, oh sure there's, yeah there's nothing there's no like decoding the end of mr robot on this whiteboard is what i was well, i guess what i was trying to say right and I don't think there's any decoding the end of Mr. Robot, period, until we get there, because there, the dichotomy here is mm -hmm. White Rose is delusional or White Rose believes in something that's true. Like, <laughs> there's no way to resolve that within the, the, the confines of the show until we get to that moment where they try it, and it yeah. either doesn't work or it does work, right? Yeah. So hopefully by the end of this, we'll see the experiment actually go off. Uh, although I did see a lot of talk about like, you know, perhaps the the experiment has been done before and like that's, you know, what the Washington Township stuff was all about. And I, I think some of that is interesting and might, might lead a little, lend a little bit of credence to the idea that she's tried it before. It would be funny if she pulls the Aussie man from the Watchmen and it's like, this all went down in th over Thanksgiving, you fool. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> You're running around setting vans on fire and hacking uh -huh. realtors. And... and to my assistant, don't you feel like an idiot? Yeah, dr drugging, say, I'm just, just doing it for my own amusement. Yeah, I've been gaslighting you for a I month. I have to fool literally the entire globe, including my <laughs> trusted lieutenant and advisors before I feel yeah. feel safe and secure and in, in, in where I'm at in the world. Okay, let's move on to Janice. Uh, she tells, calls back and tells Dom to kill Darlene, and she'll be there to collect the phone, which they can use to track Elliot. Dom is obviously conflicted by this, but says uh, she can handle killing Darlene. So she shoves Darlene into a bathtub. Darlene pleads for her life, takes responsibility for ruining Dom's, says they can fix this tonight if she just have a little patience. And so instead of killing her, Dom butts her with the gun to just have a, some time to think. To just shut her up so she can clear her head, figure out what to do. I mean, I don't know, because like, did she, that's the thing that's interesting is that they've, they, and, and the previous on they showed that like really cold line that Dom spits at Darlene that you deserve nothing but misery mm -hmm. and agony, but also Dom is she. I think she truly believes she deserves that, but Dom's her like like Darlene exploits is, the, is she's a good person mm -hmm. and she believes in law and order and justice and this ain't it, Chief. Uh, so she's having a real problem with it. Um, but like Darlene it, taking responsibility for her for what she did to her at the, at the end of a barrel of a gun. I mean, uh -huh. that's 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 attic talk, man. Sure. Like, yeah, OK, OK, I, I won't ever do it again. I just promise you just got to let me know. Don't call the cops. Come on, man. Come on. Don't flush that down. The like it's <laughs> it's it's all this shit that she's saying. I don't know what's real and what's not real. I don't even know what Darlene does. Yeah. Um, that's why it's just like you feel bad for anyone that gets gets caught up with the Alderson uh, family because they just fucking ruin your life, man. Yeah, I mean, I, I remember that scene where, you know, Dom and Darlene are in the bar mm -hmm. and Darlene is trying to, you know, get in Dom's pants mm -hmm. so she can get this badge or whatever. Yeah. She goes to the bathroom and she, like, steals herself mm -hmm. for, like, she has to really, like mentally prepare herself to do the thing she's about to do to dom so i do think there's a little bit of darlene that like feels really bad about what she did to dom mm -hmm. but at the same time yeah you're right at the barrel of a gun you you are just saying whatever you're gonna say to get out of the situation yep you're pulling all their strings yeah because the alternative is death which yeah. you're going to get anyway so why mm -hmm. not okay we move on to olivia making the call to her boss she 
tries to guilt Elliot about drugging an addict, but Elliot punches back, telling her she brought this on herself by working for Deus. Uh, she asks how many people have had to suffer for Elliot to get what he wants and whether it was worth it, and then she dismisses herself to the bathroom and cuts her wrists. Uh, we, don't, we don't know that until the next scene, do we? No, you hear a thump. But I, I assumed. I immediately you, you, assumed. I, I this think was you, you actually hear a thump at the end, which causes like Elliot to sit up straight and Mr. Robot to stop monologuing for a minute. Okay. Um, I, again, this this actor is incredible. Like, uh, you know, when she goes off to the bathroom with, uh, you know, is this was fucking me part of the plan or happy accident? And Elliot kind of sheepishly reveals it was an accident. She's like, oh, that's that's sweet. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think she's I think she's great. And it's yeah. like, I don't know. It's it's really who's got the moral high ground here? It's tough to say, but. I don't know because we're we're essentially a matter dealing, of scale here. We're essentially dealing so... with like a, a white collar mafia bookkeeper, right? Mm-hmm. You know, only like on a yeah. like not like even on a, a a much vaster like Al Capone's bookkeeper times a thousand. Um, yeah, and and she's not the driving force behind this. She's certainly an enabler, right? But but Elliot, on the other hand, is uh-huh. the driving force behind all of the damage he's caused, right? And so, yeah, I, I think she's she wins this argument. So so here's the um, okay. Well, maybe I'll, I'll let this plot develop a little bit before I uh, ask the question about is Elliot dark or darkest in this in this scene? <laughs> okay, yeah, we'll definitely come back to this. Uh, Vera's not getting the dirt he wants on Elliot from Krista, and his threats aren't working either. Uh, there's there's the the whole scene revolves around like uh, Krista, in my mind, appropriately. Uh, pinning uh, this little bitch tag on mm-hmm. Vera, which he takes uh, some exception to. But of course, this whole threatening scene is uh, interrupted when Jason knocks on the door. Yeah, and Vera says, "Oh, should we invite him in?" Like threatening. I mean, just right there, like she she's already like deflated just by him being menacing, and then mm-hmm. when she realizes, "Oh, right, my boyfriend." Um, I, I, is that realistic? I guess if you're this, in this terrified situation, maybe your brain doesn't go to like the the most scary thing you could happen that could happen. But like, she knew her boyfriend is on the way. Yeah, yeah. Um, eh, I don't know. She's just a civilian, and Vera's a real scary dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't imagine what it would be like to have someone break into your house and hold you at knife point and threaten you and threaten your loved ones. If no, yeah, it's, sounds awful. Don't, don't want to be in that situation if I can help it. Yeah, uh, this is a good scene because I do think uh, Krista pegs him. Like the the fact that he, you that know, is telling... Just because she pegs him doesn't make him a little bitch, Jim. Come on. <laughs> oh, God. Lots of men enjoy ass play. Has, has, has <laughs> pinned, pinned the label on him correctly. Let uh-huh. me rephrase. <laughs> uh yeah, and it's That's telling. That's a special I think... relationship she had with Elliot. That's the yeah, yeah. yeah mm-hmm. You don't, you want to know what's next to his file in the cabinet? Well, well, wait till he finds out the next file is Doctor Manhattan. <laughs> God. <laughs> uh, yeah, if you're not watching uh, Watchmen right now, you're gonna have to because this whole podcast is apparently gonna be gonna be a companion podcast. You know what? I can't wait. I can't wait. Shows. I hope they write. I hope they read the comics. I hope they watch the movie. I hope they get five episodes into the season and realize they did it just because they wanted to understand me making a dick joke. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> Why is Vera so emotional in this scene? 
I think he's just fucking fucking with her. Like he plays the like yeah. she he know like he's very smart. Mm-hmm. Um and he knows what she's trying to do and she knows he knows probably what in her wildest fantasy that she thinks is going to happen. Yeah. Like that he can have this emotional breakthrough that like she could talk him out of it and like, "Well, thanks Miss Krista. You you really turned my life around. I'm going to mm-hmm. take the me and them boys are going to really have a good think about it." And he's like fucking plays into it mm-hmm. just to fuck with her. I think that's what's happening. And then when her boyfriend shows up, it's just like, you know, game over. Yeah, so the second half of the story is it's it's him doing it's this is this is his version this is his version of uh holding her hand and being there for her. You know, like he's mm-hmm. just doing whatever psychological it it's it's almost like he's um, you know, uh I'm sure she has some kind of degree in psychology, but like he's he's running circles around her. But it's easy to do so. It's easy to do yeah. at the at knife point, yeah. Yeah, like I imagine therapy would be wildly more effective if the therapist could threaten you with a baseball bat. Right. You know, like you don't stop this fucking bullshit. Mm-hmm. You don't start, start, you know, uh, owning up to your mistakes. You're going to get the, the slugger right upside your skull. Probably yeah. not, actually. Just, it, it'd lead to more avoidance behavior, dishonesty, and yeah. uh, further shame, fear cycles that would just make the person's life worse. But, but if they had a grapefruit spoon... That's yeah. Yeah. What what you can do with the baseball bat, you can certainly do with the <laughs> with the grapefruit spoon. With the yeah. And if all else fails, pegging. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's move on. Please God. Uh Elliot patches up Olivia's wrist and makes her return her boss's calls. Uh she reveals that her mom died in that El Salador massacre that they talked about, mm-hmm. which uh Deus was responsible for. Elliot promises to stop them if she just makes the call, so she does. Elliot gets the credentials. Uh, before he goes, Olivia tells Elliot that he's the worst kind of monster because he doesn't know he's one. All right, so here's my question. Yeah. Is Elliot, because we know Elliot's on the spectrum, and he he, he misses people's social cues and, and doesn't understand them a lot. Mm-hmm. Did the fact that she told him... Uh, uh, 12 hours ago that if she ever tried oxy that she would just kill herself and she has a razor blade in her oxy bottle to remind her that did that just slip his mind do you not think that that would did he not did he not understand humanity enough to know that that's a likely outcome of letting her go to the bathroom or is the is did he count on her using the razor blade and the razor blade is like the aluminum bat that he used to break her and then he bandaged her wrist up to show concern over her so, and then got her on her side about the El Salado thing, and that is actually his plan the whole time. I was because ready to shit all over your theory uh-huh. until you you brought in the bat, right? Yeah, and I think that like you're supposed to understand that like uh, Vera, Elliot, and White Rose are literally the same people with the same ends. Wait, we can't say that on this show. Okay, They're you're not right. Literally you're the right. same people. They're yeah. metaphorically operating under the same paradigm of, okay. of, of these, this like Much what better. they're trying to find a baseball bat to break someone and then own them. Yeah. Uh, because that's what he does. Mm-hmm. Like, and the thing is that the, if, if that theory is correct, then uh, this could be like the third personality at work because we know, well, one of the one of the working theories is this third personality is like Elliot as most ruthless. Mm-hmm. Uh and I don't think we've seen much of that. Like we've heard Darlene say, like at his worst, he's like a sociopath. Yeah. And this is sociopathic behavior. Um. I and and I I I, I it's just a thought. I, mm-hmm. And and because like you te- you can te- definitely buy the Elliot's this oblivious, but the fact that he, she did that, he went right in, he saved her. They had this bonding moment about the El Salado where I thought she was just about to go like fully on his side. 
And yeah, I, 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 I think there's intentional symmetry there. Yeah. And, and it, it took me a second watch to realize that part of the reason that she, I don't think the, the razor blades are all about, uh, you know, backsliding and losing her son and her whole life being ruined. I think a good chunk of that is about the realization she's been working for the people who killed her mother. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this being entire afraid time. of that, that, yeah, just, just the realization that, yeah, she's been unwittingly helping the people that ruined her life already. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, and yeah, I, I thought it was, it was extra. It had a little bit extra on it mm-hmm. the second time I watched it. And again, fantastic from, from both actors. Uh, so we go back to Vera, who does not invite Jason in. Instead, he stands at the window and laughs at him. What an asshole. I, I know. Like, God, so... <sighs> yeah. Um, he also finishes the story of the little bitch, the bat, and the bully. The point is that Vera has to wound Elliot's soul so he can rebuild him. And to that end, Krista offers up the file she has on Elliot's other personality, Mr. Robot. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you this. Do you think there could be more in that file than just Mr. Robot? Or perhaps, given that seemingly Vera has more of a uh, background in in uh, philosophy and and therapy than Krista does here, could he see something in this file that tells him there's more than just a Mr. Robot there? There's something else. Well, I'm not even sure what would... It's played like a hammer, right? Mr. Robot, mm. don don don, cut the commercial. But what? what how do would, you? Use yeah, that? how do you use Mr. Robot? Because like, what is Mr. Robot? Is Mr. Robot the complicated, fractured relationship that Elliot has with his father? Is Mr. Robot like the fact that he's got split personalities and you can do something like that? But it's not like uh, this isn't season one, Elliot, where that would like literally mind fuck him. He's 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 aware of this. He's been fighting mm. it for years. Like, is it a blackmail thing with knowing he caused five nine? Like. What is the, yeah? What is the the bat part of Mister Robot? I, I can't say that I see it. Yeah, exactly. me either. No, Which is why I asked the question: Is there something else? Could he get at this third? You know, this yeah, third altar. Yeah, does, does Krista that know has. about the third? Because like I, she there's just... been some speculation about it. Because when we join up with their therapy, mm-hmm. it kind of starts. It drops us in the middle of it, and and she talks about like, oh, no more of the outbursts. Like, there's a very angry side to Elliot early mm-hmm. on that that's before the show even starts well plus we like you know a lot of times i forget about this but when mr robot started elliot had kind of rebooted his whole life he had forgotten about his involvement yeah. in f society he had forgotten that he had a sister he mm-hmm. tried to kiss his sister because he was sexually attracted to her like there's a lot of fucked up things that happened that uh you know like he realized or remembered the truth and snapped back to who he was and and what does that mean like it's like is is, is very just going to make fun of him for trying to kiss his sister yo <laughs> yeah. dude you want to fuck your sister that's pretty fucked up man mm-hmm. you getting all fucking lannister up in here dog like i <laughs> I, I i don't know um it's something i i think they need to explain it because i to me it's not enough to just say mr it's what, you, what, what i'm gonna find there mr robot mm-hmm. like i agree and they will yeah. you know we'll we'll see this play out yeah uh, here's the other thing that a lot of people seemed to want explained: mm-hmm. the metaphor itself. Who who is who in this metaphor? Which surprised me because the I think it's bitch? very very clear that Vera is the little bitch. Sure. Unless uh, like I was 
there was a part of me that thought there there's an outlier that he might be the bully and they're going to like that 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 he was going to talk that tell the tale about a time when a little bitch uh-huh. stepped up to him and he he crushed him yeah but no clearly when I mean, you get to the end and the stuff with i see you like uh-huh. that that's what he says that's how you own somebody mm-hmm. so like who owns vera no one owns vera if he's the bully in that situation he can't be the bully in that situation. Nobody might own Vera, but I him. think Leon's got a mechanics lean against him. Absolutely, uh, he's gonna pull yeah. that in. <laughs> he's going to pull that on him. But yeah, yeah he's I, one mispayment away from being repossessed for yeah, sure. But yeah, this yeah this is uh, this is Vera's backstory, and it would surprise me. I mean, it, it. I guess it wouldn't surprise me if this was a bunch of bullshit. Hmm. Um, but I, yeah, I don't, I don't know why that would be interesting. It's, it's too, too late in the game to be pulling, pulling games like that. Yeah, and importantly, I think this is a lot of character development mm-hmm. for Vera. Much needed character development. I don't know that we knew much about him. Yeah. Period. Other than he was an asshole. Yeah, he's just like this gangster philosopher guy, and yeah, but he's got, he's definitely got an edge to him. He's got the, uh, you know, uh, yeah, he's got Miss Miss Krista uh, tied up in knots anyway. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's go to Dom and Darlene. She's got five minutes left to decide whether she's going to kill Darlene. Uh, and Darlene wakes up, and when she does, she tells uh, Dom tells her to unlock her phone. Uh, instead of doing that, they talk about the night they spent together. Dom runs out of time and takes Darlene to the living room, where she asks Darlene to kill her. Of course, Darlene has trouble doing that, and before she can, Janice and two goons walk in at the exact worst time. Uh, Darlene has wiped her phone, making her an asset rather than a corpse, temporarily at least. But yeah, uh, Dom's in big trouble now too. That was a great scene because um, I thought that they were going to try to pull some horseshit shot in the shoulder business, and I'm like, mm-hmm. the fuck, oh god! Now I, she just wanted her to kill her. Yeah, but then when she's I was like, right no, in the stern, I'm like, not, not, yeah, like, like just kill me. It's the only way my family would be safe. It's the only way you, you're safe. I'm miserable. Mm-hmm. Like pull like the scream and pull the fucking trigger. I don't want to pull the trigger. And then Janice when, and the two Dark Army go, goons walking in and being like, well, well, well. Yeah. It's a great scene. And Darlene taking the opportunity to wipe her phone. So uh, she now has, has has borrowed a little bit of time for herself. That was really great. Uh, it's it's mm-hmm. it's a great scene. I feel so bad for Dom. Uh, Dom's yeah. gotten the, like, the worst shake out of anybody. Uh, and just Grace Gummer does such a great job of playing this character that's frozen in the predicament that they're at and mm-hmm. that they're in. Too bad. Yeah, it's going to be painful for her as Janice says. I don't know what she I also do do you, do you believe Darlene that there is something real to their date or is this just a wounded animal trying to talk themselves out of a trap? No, I I think I believe her, but it's also a little bit of the latter, yeah. Hmm. And then what does it mean even? Like if like, you know, if uh uh Elliot you have put a gun to Elliot's face the head and say, Did you feel anything for Olivia? Like, oh maybe you did, but who cares? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. And that's the thing. It's like it's a the frustrating thing the... is like Darlene's literally literally begging for her life, and it's almost like begging a bullet that you yourself fired at your own head not to kill you. Because like Dom points out that like everything that's happening to you right now is because of you. I mm-hmm. you pulled me into this, uh, and it's 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 
such a weird position at Dar- the, the the it's such a it's such a weak position that Darlene's trying to beg from her life. It's like one of the most pathetic, weak uh, beg- begging for life I've I've ever seen in in fictionalized cinema. <laughs> wow, that's a strong statement. Well, think about it. Like literally, like she. This. I mean, I don't have any counterexamples she, off the top of my head, but wow. I mean, this wasn't like she wasn't a wrong place or wrong time. Like her machinations and scheming and getting Dom into all this shit is mm-hmm. what has caused her to be her life to be in mortal danger. Both of them. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And she's saying, do the right thing. Do the right thing. You're a good person. Do the right thing. Why? Because you're a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. I should do the right thing for a piece of shit. You wouldn't do the right thing. Yeah. You'd have, you we, We've seen what you would do when the, the uh, when, when you need to silence somebody. Come on, Darlene. It's I don't know. Yeah, I mean, the the other stuff that I like about the scene is it along the line of the theme of this episode being, you know, what lines won't we cross? Uh-huh. Uh, Dom clearly has a line. Yeah, and no, unlike she's Elliot, this, she's she does not cross that. Yeah, which I liked. Also, man, this episode, I saw it. I can't unsee it. Janice looks like a large version of Kristen Shaw, right? Am I wrong about that? Yeah. I can see that. Okay. <laughs> like a big, 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 big sister. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. All right. It's kind of freaking me out when I watch the episode <laughs> now. <laughs> uh, here, here's the interesting thing. So Darlene might have saved her life by wiping her phone, but this has consequences also because now she can't track Elliot. Right. So she's kind of out of the loop on the whole hack thing. El- I mean, Elliot ends up in a fucking trunk this episode, so... Mm. You know he's out of the loop too. Mm-hmm. I I have no idea if this hack is going to go off what at if, all. Let what alone if Darlene has an emergency button where she hits a certain number of key sequences on her it virtual keyboard, and, and it no, it just it just pretends like it's wiping. Oh okay, yeah, yeah. It's it's uh like it, it's and the, then turns it's off. It's the fake camera yeah. firmware update from mm-hmm. last episode just on a phone. <laughs> I doubt it. <laughs> also, that, that's that the fastest like phone wipe I've ever seen. Very, uh, although yeah. with modern phones where you can't pull the battery out, I don't even know how you would stop. Like once you activated a firmware wipe, like what would you yeah. do within like the two minutes to, to stop it? Like smash it? Like you just throw it on the floor, try to beat its brains out until it, and, and then <laughs> like, then good, then is all it recoverable? Because your... you got to find Elliot yeah. like now, right? Then you take the SIM card and the, the memory chips over to White Rose. Yeah, hopefully they're not broken. Them. You take it to a data recovery service uh-huh. on Christmas. You try to get, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's 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 a good play by Darlene. Oh yeah, sloppy she, work. She Janice. turns herself into an asset instead of a corpse. Like I said, it's it's the only thing that saves her life here. Mm-hmm. Whether it saves Dom, I, I, a how much does Darlene care? But B, well, it's uh, saving Dom how is much the fact is it she's still to. useful? I wonder what she was going to do because the thing is, is Janice like this is the other blackmail problem is that like everyone's got a breaking point where it's like, okay, let's say that she kills her mom in some graphic way. Like at what point does Dom be like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm, I'm burning you down. Like Mm -hmm. maybe a couple more of my family members die, but you're, I'm, I'm saving who knows how many families in the future by taking me, me, I'm going to make myself into a suicide bomb, Mm -hmm. take my whole family with like, you got to worry. And I was wondering like, what is she planning on doing? Um, Cause there's only so many, people that you can kill that's important before the person reaches that 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 breaking point yeah here's the best theory i've seen and i'm mm-hmm. not sure if i've seen this theorized or just like hey we love dogs but they got a family dog mm-hmm. and we've seen janice uh oh what's it called taxidermy taxidermy and this dog 
oh, for the last couple no. episodes. Oh, that that'd be chon- pretty painful. That old and, chonker and, getting getting taxidermied. Oh, and like you're saying, you can't go straight for the throat with this. You have to you have to make it painful, but not so painful. <sighs> Yeah. Yeah. I think we're going to see a taxidermy. I can't, can't wait till mom, her mom calls next episode and is like, Dom, it's the damnedest thing. <laughs> She's uh, not moving. <laughs> she she no, she was playing in the middle of the road and, and out of nowhere, six different delivery vans T-boned her <laughs> simultaneously. Oh, God. <laughs> every, every one of those vans that she's got the license plate simultaneously ran over the dog. <laughs> they all had a goose laying an egg on the side. Yeah, uh, there's it's the damnedest thing. There's the six. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Finally negotiated it in the seventh episode. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay, let's move on to the final scene. Mm-hmm. Mr. Robot tries to talk about the line they just crossed, but Elliot is still on mission. Uh, Krista calls Elliot and warns him that she gave all of his info to Vera. He asked her to meet at Washington Square Park, and he heads that way, but he is grabbed by Vera's goons and shoved in a trunk. Yeah. Uh, why does Elliot give a shit about this? Here's my number one question for the end of this. Why does he give a fuck? He has a matter of hours to save the world. Everything else he's doing is completely on mission. Do not care about anything else, and yet he takes the time here to possibly meet up with Krista. Well, I guess, do you believe that the third personality was involved in him... Uh, fucking over Olivia because could be. if so it could, could be. be that like his dominant gentle Elliot persona has taken over and now because it doesn't make sense that he just was willing to flush a uh, a single mother's life down the tubes yeah and then his therapist uh, he's gonna drop everything on this very crucial day mm-hmm. but there you, know, you could I, explain it with yeah various personalities taking over right coming in and out of the but it's equation. it's a little that I'm, I'm telling you this this episode it might be a case of and we've seen this before in in final episode uh, seasons that sometimes you you don't quite have everything in the right place to get to the end you need and you gotta you know like you're you gotta take a, a rough dirt road to get there but this episode as much as i like it is a little sloppy joe on the plotting mm-hmm. and which leads up which was was built on the kind of sloppy joe hack from last episode so like those are all great questions. I don't know that they're 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 they have real great real world answers. It seems like there are a lot of writerly answers that we needed yeah. this to happen so that this could happen so that you know Vera could catch because like White Rose can't catch uh, up with them, but like you know uh, you know like why why doesn't White Rose try this? Mm-hmm. You know why why doesn't White Rose try to the the, the kidnap someone important to Elliot? You know why didn't they keep why didn't they just imprison Angela? Like just snatch her up, snatch her up, and and take her somewhere. Keep her on ice. Keep her in that that murder apartment complex that they that they yeah, keep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because she wasn't as much of an asset, I guess. More of a threat, less of an asset. Yeah, but I mean, I, I just like that. That I, I just, I just. But I don't yeah, know. I feel you. Maybe I mean, White Rose is clearly monitoring them in some form. So maybe White Rose knows that he got abducted. But then why are they? Why saw? Why are they? She sent Janice to find him. Mm-hmm. Like is the left hand not knowing what the right hand is? Yeah, it's is fair. This, is this but just... how? But at the same time, like she's ordering, I'll bring him in. Well, I mean, how are you gonna do that until you find him? Well, she's just demanding. She's just being that the classic like asshole boss of like, hey, it's gonna take six. It's it's a uh, it's uh, yeah. J- James T. Kirk telling Scott or Scotty telling James T. Kirk is gonna take six hours to fix or war- warp drive, and he's like, that's not good enough, Scotty. I need an hour, and he's like, oh fucking k. I yeah. guess I'll just do it then, you know. Like it's that's right. that's pretty 
pretty hacky, but it's it's the way Hollywood works. Like a, a a powerful evil boss can just scream an unreasonable demand, and their henchmen make it happen. Right. But no, it's like I said. It's a, I feel like it's a little sloppy Joe. Not so, fatal. It's the middle of the season. It's ready to pivot into the kind of end arc, and and this can can take a, a get ahead of steam. But like, uh, uh, it it definitely needs to tighten up and start start following through with the rules and the logic of the world it's built. Yeah. So I mean, we've talked about all the stuff we're not supposed to be thinking about. Mm-hmm. How about the stuff we are? This meeting is happening tonight. Yep. In a matter of like seven p.m. five five hours yeah, or so. Yeah. Uh, Elliot just got kidnapped. Darlene yep. is is. You know, in the hands of the Dark Army, so the White Rose has her, but mm-hmm. Elliot's off the board. How is this hack going to go down? Is is the Deus group takedown just null and void at this point? When does he have to have the hack? I mean, that's the other thing. Is He's like- got to get in that room or, or close enough to that room to be able to hack all the cell phones of the people in it, uh-huh. in that Benson's or whatever, yeah. whatever restaurant they're going to. And then that's going to steal all their money? That's going to give him, I think, the ability to get the yeah the authorization to transfer out all the funds or something. I I couldn't tell you exactly. It's very yeah. convoluted at this point. There's 15 different hacks that need to happen. That's the thing. Like I still don't the core the mechanic of what they're trying to do. I don't quite like. How well, they're trying does... to steal the money. Is what they're doing. They're trying to wipe out all of Deus Group's funds, thereby rendering them inert essentially. Which to me is hilarious because they say, oh, once all the funds are gone, you know, that's the end. I mean, White Rose still has control over the entire Dark Army. Well, You're, that's there's going to be like, retribution. I'm thinking like uh, there's this Swiss banker that like is, is it's good that all this money is going to because it's not like he's going to like like the Joker stack it up in a pyramid uh-huh. and set it on fire. Right. Really, it's not. It's going to be a digital so It's going to transfer some digital account to some like, I don't know, Switzerland bank or like fucking Grand Cayman Islands. And there's like they're going to be this banker that takes a phone call from an irate, uh, irate White Rose mm-hmm. leader of the Deus group that they that owns the whole fucking world. He's going to say, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Miss Rose, but uh, our privacy banking standards uh, uh, guarantee <laughs> right. our clients the ability. Like, fu- I mean, yeah. that's the thing. It's like this. Okay, we're getting taught dab again. Right. The right. one thing that drives me fucking crazy is like sometimes I feel like Sam Elliott just cannot abide by the rules that he has set for his own universe. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes, like the the way, like, uh, and then this could be part of the plot. Like, it could be that like Elliot thinks he's going to have White Rose by the short curlies, and he's not because like, yeah. She's White Rose and she controls the whole fucking world. The banking's like like lock, stock, and two smoking barrels. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, it is stuff I'm worried about though because there's already there the this this the show has got like such a high ceiling but also a very low floor because there's already a lot of people on Reddit that haven't gotten a memo about like this is probably not going to be a sci-fi yeah you know dark city kind of ending going on here and like they're going to be just let down when that doesn't happen. And Sam Esmail has like tried to say like that's not going to happen. So like those people are probably going to be disappointed anyway. And then you, if it if it if it if if it turns out that there's a lot of corners cut to get to that, you know the the it's the, the ending is important to the show. I think so. This has not been yeah. a journey. It's more. It's 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 been more of a destination type show. And it's, it's both. It's, but yeah, I mean the ending is certainly important. Yeah. I, I'm looking forward to seeing the resolution of this this four season arc. And if it's not satisfying on some level i'm mm-hmm. gonna be disappointed yeah yeah it'd be a bummer mm-hmm. all right that's the end of the episode we're getting geared up for the sixth annual summer badass fest and while we're working on a slate of apex badass films to enjoy 
We've got an early action-packed announcement to make. Just like last year, we're kicking off Badass Season with a live movie watch and podcast recording. We've rented out a theater for connoisseurs of action films and bald move fans that just want to have a great time. Unlike last year, this year's movie is top secret. Hush, hush. No hints, except it's incredibly badass. It stars an absolute icon of the genre. We're willing to bet most of you haven't seen it, and it's going to be an incredible viewing experience with a packed house of bald movers. Those of you who came to last year's screening of Total Recall know what a party it was. And those of you who didn't, <laughs> now's your chance to experience it. Meet me and Jim, order some custom movie-themed drinks at the theater's full bar, then watch us record the full podcast for the movie. We reserved a venue over twice the size as last year, but seating is still limited. It's happening Friday, 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 June 21st at 7 p.m. in our hometown of Cincinnati. Get full details and buy tickets at baldmove.com live. Cincinnati's actually a pretty great city to visit, and we've got lots of details for side adventures on our event page as well. The Reds are playing the Boston Red Sox in their fantastic Riverside Stadium. The thrills of Kings Island just minutes away, and I'll be leading a kayak trip down the scenic Little Miami River on Saturday. Again, get full details and get your tickets now on our Badass Fest 6 page at baldmove.com slash live live. Hey, it's time for another season of Why is Mr. Feeney a Car? The premise is simple. A Gen Xer and a millennial watch old 80s action TV to see what still works and what doesn't. In previous seasons, we've done podcasts for Knight Rider, Airwolf, MacGyver, A-Team, and more. However, this year we're doing a very special season of Feeney. We're going back and reviewing the very special episodes of 80s and 90s sitcoms. Come cringe along with us as Hollywood tries to warn our families of the dangers of underage smoking, drug abuse, alcoholism, eating disorders, and much more. We start out with the episode of Boy Meets World where a high school kid gets sucked into a cult. Worlds collide as the Mr. Feeney finally makes an appearance on Why is Mr. Feeney a Car? Join me and my buddy Jay each week for episodes full of nostalgia and secondhand embarrassment. And don't worry, a very special isn't your speed. We've also got some all-time classic Knight Rider episodes to close the season with. Find Why is Mr. Feeney a Car? each Wednesday on Bald Move Pulp starting April 3rd. Feedback is sent to robot at baldmove.com or you can go to our forums, forums.baldmove.com to discuss your uh, latest theories with your fellow fans. Uh, I did get a surprise amount of feedback from people saying that they didn't realize there wasn't dialogue last episode until we pointed it out. What? Yeah. Some sheepish people. Some 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 sheepish people. I mean, I'm not making fun of them. I'm just like shocked that you yeah. wouldn't realize. I mean, like I said, I, I copped to like, even though I was the one that said, hey, it's going to happen, like being 15 minutes into the episode before I realized, oh, shit, yes, this is a silent episode. So like, yeah, it, okay. it can happen. Especially but watching like, the whole episode? Man, a lot of people like do, because that's the other thing is like I'd say is like maybe they're background watching, but like if you background watch that episode, it's not watching it at all. 
Oh, it's like, yeah, yeah. It's like uh, you can't background watch foreign films either mm-hmm. because you can't you have to like, read subtitles. Yeah, y- yeah you, 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 I mean, at least I can. I can't literally look at subtitles and what's going on on my screen on my cell phone because that's what usually when we're saying background watching is what we're doing. We're playing yeah. on our cell phones. But yeah, no, I, um, huh. if uh, you, you got good company or several people um, making that same claim. So let's move on to John G said, I wanted to say that people who complain about the no dialogue episode is too gimmicky. Uh, this is a hacker show about hackers, and Sam Esmail is doing something with the show structure just for the fun of doing it, just to show that he can, and that's about the most hacker thing anyone can do, since so much of hacking is about showing off that you can do what you can do to your hacker friends and just being silly. That is a pretty good defense of art for art's sake in a hacker show, because yeah. that's super, especially early hacker culture and like demo scene culture was like... Man, I today I wore my 2600 hoodie yep. in honor of of old school hacking yeah it's just uh it's it's it doesn't have to have a point it just has to be impressive and clever yeah and that is certainly a, a fitting description of last episode so good on you john g uh kenny a wanted here to take on vera uh to see if you were annoyed by him as me i honestly don't remember him from the, very, the early seasons but my biggest gripe is that he looks like a cartoon character and that stupid pimp coat of his <laughs> and they keep presenting him in cheesy cliffhanger type moments well, he's in the killville suit this time it's so, true. Yeah. Uh, it kind of reminds me of Negan with his hipster ass scarf and leather jacket or Abraham Eugene Rosita with her goofy ass looking crew cut mullet Tomb Raider outfit. <laughs> it bugged me on The Walking Dead, but I gave it a pass because it was based uh, on a graphic novel. Uh, but then there's just something about Vera that seems forced like they're trying too hard to make him ominous. Every time I see him, I get pulled out of the moment and it breaks suspension disbelief for me. It's like he's in a bad Broadway costume or something. Do you guys agree? So I've always liked this kind of like gangster philosopher character, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like I'm thinking like Stringer Bell yeah. in The Wire or uh, um, Boyd, Boyd Crowder in Justified. Fuck yeah. Like these people from like very low socioeconomic backgrounds that are nevertheless just like the raw intelligence shines through and they don't talk right, they don't dress right, and they don't present well, but you underestimate them and they'll fuck you. Uh, so that this guy slot slots right into this. And I think he's like even more so this season. Like he's yeah. kind of been more of a clownish type character, but mm-hmm. the, these extra facets have really come and shined up on this, this last season. So it's not bothering me at all. Yeah. I think he's been a victim of no characterization, uh-huh. uh, th- through the early going. Yeah. And I'm appreciating him. Like I said, this episode, I appreciated him a lot more, uh, or as season, even at the end of season three, I was not on board with Vera. But I, I think like the difference between him and a Negan and like some other characters on The Walking Dead is they don't go overboard with Vera. Like mm-hmm. in my opinion, they don't show him as often. He doesn't have as much to do, and so his mannerisms, which yes are quirky, quirky as fuck, mm-hmm. don't annoy me as much because I'm not yeah. exposed to them. I'm not immersed in them all the time. Yeah, yeah. Whereas Negan, he's bouncing up and down. He's, he's got that 45 swinging degree, his bad. Lean. He's, yeah, he's he's he becomes a joke by yeah. the hundred and fiftieth time he's delivered a monologue. Yeah, you know, Vera's had like what three monologues the whole series, mm-hmm. like serious ones. So I'm okay with it. Uh, also, I'm wondering if you could explain the figures of young Elliot and his mom for me. They showed up when he was dying, and I thought they were like the third or fourth alternate personality for Elliot. Then when they were in the conference room talking about waiting for the other one, it made me wonder if there would be a fifth alter ego. It doesn't seem to add up, but I haven't really heard another explanation to explain why they're doing and why they could be seen by Elliot and seem to know about the three personalities. 
Yeah, Kenny, like, this is where I'm saying, like, what, we got five episodes, seven episodes? No, we have, like, a lot. We six? have a lot of episodes that left to go. But it is, I, I'm sympathetic because anytime you have a show that starts and then you, you gotta, you're, you're going to have, like, five-episode arc that takes place in 24 hours, mm-hmm. there's, there's just not time for characters to, like, touch base with these long season-long mysteries and arcs. It's like a, mm-hmm. um, it's, it's a weakness of the, the pacing of this type of structure because it seems like, like I was saying, like, why haven't we talked about this since it was essentially revealed? Like, Mr. Robot was worried about it. Elliot was worried about it and then nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's the it's it, the explanation is, well, this has all been on Christmas and Elliot's had other things on his mind. It's yeah. not very really satisfying for us who have lived through the last five weeks right. thinking and wondering and speculating about it. But I I'm, I guess I'm inclined to give him a little bit more leeway than than most because it's, it's you know, you either you either buy into this crazy like long ass Christmas day or you or you, or you don't. But um mm-hmm. I mean, it goes without saying that there ha- that's one of the many questions that this show has to answer before they sign off. Like, what is the third personality and why is that important? Yeah. Just like White Rose's plan, I don't need it to be a DeLorean. I don't need it to be a TARDIS. I do need to understand what it is, what she thought was going to happen, and what actually happens. Yeah. Because right now, I'm not even sure what the stakes are. People are acting like it's going to be the end of the fucking world. If it's just a crazy delusional plan mm-hmm. that no one has ever had the guts to say it's not going to work, she flips the switch and just like a puff of smoke comes out. Like <laughs> that—that's uh-huh. a perfectly valid way you can end it. It's just not very satisfying. And and I, I think like you kind of hit it too when you said like, uh, you know, what's what's the scale of of this idea that White Rose has? Is it, is it something that ends the world? Is it something that fundamentally changes the world, or does it just change her? place in it mm-hmm. her like th- does it is it a personal like epic thing that happens or it is a worldwide kind of epic thing yeah we don't know because if it adds like two more zeros to her bank account then who gives a fuck it's not or if it brings know. back like her ex-lover right that's very very important to her mm-hmm. but the world doesn't give a shit right probably wouldn't even know yeah it wouldn't matter so like i i don't know that it has to end the world to be significant but it could be significant to white rose uh, the next feedback is representative of about five that I got of the same uh, brand of feedback. This is the most concise one. Ryan M. said, hey, hello, friends. I was shocked by how distasteful I found last night's episode. It doesn't matter if it was Elliot or one of his personalities that used Olivia like that. You just can't come back as a character after doing something on that scale. You could argue that Elliot's sick plan was worse than Walter White letting do- Jane die in Breaking Bad. Sam Esmail, honestly, can fuck off. Um, hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, I th- I actually think Why? it's Sam it's Esmail not. Sam can fuck off. Well, I mean, I th- I don't think he's saying that this is bad. He just didn't like it because he previously considered Elliot a hero, and now he sees him as a villain, and that's rough. I get it. I also think yeah. it's it's what what's what's your standpoint? Who's who's worse, Walter White in letting Jane die, choke to death her own vomit, or no? Uh, I I think like Elliot in this scene is worse. Yeah, he's actually... although Olivia didn't die. Sure, but I don't. But, but that was only it. by the grace of yeah, yeah, yeah. of luck. Like that was not. Yeah, and and he caught he directly caused it. Yeah, um, that, that's the distinguishing factor. To whereas me. Walter Wyatt, at best, inadvertently yeah. and indirectly caused it. So right, and then just sort of let it happen instead yeah. of stopping it. But I got no problem seeing eventually as Elliot as being the villain. Like mm-hmm. I I think um, that wouldn't surprise me at all. Or to, that uh, even if he see because like who gives a fuck how you see yourself. 
you know like mm-hmm. it's, you see yourself as a hero and you kill a million people like who gives a shit you know mm-hmm. what does that even mean um so yeah i i i, I guess you should we should buck our, buckle ourselves up for the realization that maybe elliot's is not going to be our, our knight in shining armor yeah, I, but I, I do take exception to, like, fuck Sam Esmail. Sam Esmail is telling a story here, and if you... <laughs> is it fuck Sam Esmail because he took a character that I thought was fundamentally good and turned him into a bad guy, and so I'm personally feeling bamboozled? Is it, like, I think it's fuck a Sam Esmail for telling a story with such a bad person in it? Like, Because I've seen that sentiment. Mm-hmm. online too in perhaps not this particular instance but like many people don't like a story simply because it's the story it is mm-hmm. because it's dealing with the subjects that it is and i think that is crazy to me mm. i don't think any story should be off the table for being told i think there are things you can say with stories that maybe are reprehensible mm-hmm. but but portraying a a story on screen does not make you bad it's what you have to say with that story but it's like could make you good or bad i could definitely feel i can definitely empathize with someone that feels like they got bait and switched like oh i thought i was i was fooled into because like you know breaking bad that was its thesis you're going to watch this man compromise himself until he becomes the villain that was like never hidden from you it's kind of like complaining about going through the prequels of star wars and like what the fuck anakin turning into darth vader ah you know no one says that because everyone knew it that was the point of the story we thought we were watching Elliot, like, you know, this kind of misguided, confused, but ultimately good, strong, moral person fighting the good fight against these ultra-wealthy, powerful assholes. And it turns out he's an asshole, too. I could see being let down and, like, the emotional reaction of, like, I just don't like that. It's a visceral reaction. It doesn't mm-hmm. it doesn't mean it's a bad story. It doesn't mean it's, it's poorly told. It's just, like, I'm having a, a negative reaction to it. And I've definitely felt that, too. Sure. Uh, not not yeah. necessarily with Mr. Robot, but I definitely felt like it's like okay, this is a fine story. I just don't like it. I don't. I yeah, don't, I but don't like I don't it. get mad at the creator of the story. I I sort of yeah. When when characters change, I go oh now I don't like this character, hmm. and I proceed. If I if I continue to watch the show, I proceed with not liking the character through the rest of the show, and I I take it as okay, that's the point. Yeah, you know, I mean, it might be like this might be hyperbole kind of like fuck George Martin after reading about the red wedding, you know, like, okay. It's, it's kind of like, you know, damn sure, you for yeah, making like... me care about someone who's an asshole kind of thing. Uh, moving on to Seb W those peppermint mochas were some of the worst examples of empty cup sy- syndrome I've ever yeah. seen. It was fucking yeah, bad. It was pretty they bad. They put in gulp sounds. It was, uh huh. it was bad. Uh huh. Why? I, I read an art like, so I actually looked this up to, to see like why. Cause I'm like, it seems like the prop department, uh, like I, I watched enough things like Lord of the Rings where like they're making these swords and they, they're, you know, weighted properly. So they're going to mm-hmm. behave right on screen, but no one can like, and, and I, I read like, well, you know, no one wants like, a, you know, to spill coffee on an outfit and then they have to have a change of wardrobe or if it's going to cause this How about or that. some water and a blow dryer? Or how about just fill it full of like fucking putty? Or uh, plaster, give it a realistic weight because the problem is it's just like there's no, and they're like, well, actors are supposed to act. 
That's fucking easy to say. Act like you're on the moon, asshole. Uh-huh. Act like you're on Mars. It's a lot harder, right? Yeah. Like, just give it some fucking Act weight. like you're 50 feet tall with a huge blue dick. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, did, I, I just feel like the prop department needs to start filling these things full of some kind of, like, if they don't want shit to spill, then make it solid or whatever. Because, like, I, I, I watched, like, this YouTube clip of, like, 15 minutes of, like, people... Because if you're you're holding an empty cup, you gesture with it and just like start uh-huh. doing weird, you know, like it, it should be sloshing everywhere and it never does. It bothers me. Mm-hmm. I think we can do better. Come on, <laughs> you can fucking make a, 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 a Marvel can make Avengers Endgame and we can't put we can't realistically weight a cup so actors can act with an empty cup. Come on, air on twenty twenty. Got your platform. I, Seb continues. I only I think the only twist I saw coming in that episode was what Olivia was going to do in the bathroom and that he drug her. Um, actually, I didn't see the drug twist. I was like the whole like, what the fuck did Leon? What did fuck did? And then when he said mm-hmm. you you already are and they pan to the coffee, I'm like, ah, oh, fuck. Yeah, I didn't catch it until they revealed it either. So uh, look at the big brain on Seb. The stuff between Dom and Darlene is incredibly tense. Dom is my favorite character in the show, and I'm glad she got out of that scene morally intact, but I'm worried for what will happen to their family next episode. Yeah, honestly, I think Dom's my favorite character, too. Wow. I really like her. I really like what Grace Gummer's doing to her. I think she's relatable. Like, it's um, hmm. it's one of the smartest portrayals of a, a character in this position I've ever seen. And I'm really, really rooting for her to um, make it out alive with uh, her family and Doggo intact. Maybe favorite remaining character. I think my favorite character was Irving. Oh. Irving's fan fucking Well, fantastic. you don't think Irving's going to come in and then... I don't... It's looking more and more like no, mm. but... They'll have a circle. They'll have a circle of life food chain type situation where, like, mm-hmm. G- like, like, Vera's a badass, and then Jan- Janice pounces on him and devours him, and then Leon yeah. pounces on her and devours him, and then here comes Irv with his axe, yeah. and then White Rose steps out of the shadows as the apex predator. Mm-hmm. I could get down with that. Uh, Joshua, I want to know what bald move the bald move take on character deaths and television shows in terms of serving the character or the story. Seems like a, a meaty topic. Mm. Uh, Aaron, you've not been shy about Tyrell and how dumb you think his character was, but how do you feel? Uh, how do you both feel about characters that did not get a traditional arc on a show? I feel when deaths happen suddenly that it reflects real life and how things must move on even as others fall along the way. Also, just like in real life, some people do not have redemptive arcs and just stay stagnant. Tyrell's always unhinged and was always willing to kill others to get what he wanted, and yet underneath that was a broken man that wanted acceptance and to belong to something. His quick temper and inability to slow down caused a ton of issues throughout the show and also led to his downfall by getting caught on a wire about talking, uh, taking down the Dark Army, forcing him to go on the run. Other characters like Angela, or even in other shows that suddenly drop out of the show and do not seem to be playing a part in the game, how do you guys view this? It's a big fucking question. I, I don't think there's a right or wrong answer for any of these. It's like um, one of the defenses, uh, I'm talking a lot about Star Wars, maybe it's because I watched Mandalorian last night, um, but one of the defenses of episode two and the truly awful dialogue between Christian Hayden and Natalie Portman mm-hmm. was, that's how teenagers in love talk. Oh, not not when I was a teenager in love. And and back then we did it. We did better than that. And 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 yeah, like it's like there there's there's stilted and wooden lines and people trying to feel out their way. But like, do we watch movies? Like like that's a, so that so 
my question is like did, did George Lucas do that as a stylistic choice or is that just the best he could do mm-hmm. because like I think all these are just just choices you make like Kevin Smith writes not realistic dialogue he writes snappy dialogue mm-hmm. that is like the coolest rapid fire version of like your wittiest friends going at each other right it's not realistic but it feels cool and it feels some other people uh uh like Quentin Tarantino is the same way but some people like write uh very like uh, terse and believable dialogue some people put a lot of ums and ands in there and make it seem like natural and then you got like what mammoth is that the guy that wrote like uh uh uh, the, the no. Glenn Gary, Glenn okay, Ross, sure. or whatever. Like it's very heightened and like actorly and like a, a performance you can dig your teeth in. Yeah. I feel like character deaths are the same way. Like Game of Thrones had a lot of pointless deaths because that was very realistic, um, mm-hmm. and he wanted to go to real uh, realistic. And you compare that to like J.R.R. Tolkien, who you know, was very operatic in his fantasy. Um, which one's better? Like, I don't, I think they were both doing, trying to do two different things and they both did them very, very well, you know? Yeah. Um, so like, I, and then I've, I, I've seen deaths used as just ratings grabs and yeah, all kinds of things. Yeah. Yeah. Like Glenn from the walking dead. I think that like Angela is an interesting case because I, when I saw that in the very beginning of the season, I actually thought her death would be a lot more meaningful. It's almost like an emotional MacGuffin. Mm-hmm. It's a weight that Elliot and and Angel, or I'm sorry, Darlene are carrying around with them. And Philip. I mean, and Philip, yeah, yeah. It's for him to get involved. Yeah. Um, so like I I, I I don't know. And then also we've got a lot of episodes left. It could be that she does come back in some for, form as a flashback or as a mm-hmm. personality fragment or, or who knows. So... I I don't know I, I I don't know I hope I've I, I hope this has been interesting. <laughs> yeah I just don't know how to answer this question because it's so huge like if there were a specific like if there were a more narrow focus on this question maybe yeah I you got you got to say because like, it's like it's 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 you can't draw a hard hard and fast line you got to yeah. say like what is the story trying to do with this character mm-hmm. and did the way what happened to the character enhance the story or take from it? Did it enhance the style of the show or take away? Did it, did it enhance the mood or take away from the mood? Um, and like, I don't even think in Mr. Robot there's one answer. I think some of the deaths have been handled very well and some of them are like, like yeah. Tyrell, like I, I, that character blew through me like, you know, a, a gentle breeze. It did not impact me whatsoever. I, and yet it did have a profound effect on Elliot, it seems. Like, even, did it? Yeah, I mean him him coming to Darlene and apologizing. Yeah, that's true. Is something I don't think he does without that speech from Tyrell. Do you think so? Because I feel like that that's like mm-hmm. something he would have decided to do anyway. Because he mean, said the whole time the reason I'm going because like but... uh, Tyrone is the whole or uh, Ty, Tyrone Tyrell the whole time saying this is dumb, this is stupid, we should stop, we should just die, we should lay down and die and rot. And Elliot finally in frustration say the reason I'm doing this dumbass is because of my sister, implying that he'd already kind of made that decision. But I, I don't know. Hmm. Tyrell's dead. The how the the howls have it. Let's move on. Mask never again. Just want to know what your thoughts are on Mr. Robot as the narrator this season. Why is this a signal about Elliot being dead, or maybe is there a time machine and Mr. Robot is now telling the story? And what's up with the weird lady at the coffee shop? Oh, wasn't wasn't yeah? Fuck the lady at the coffee shop. It wasn't there some. <laughs> uh, <laughs> didn't Elliot stop talking to us because we betrayed him? Because we didn't tell him. About uh, the 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 Vera thing. Was that it? I thought he was he was just the uh, isolating himself. 
that, that he was like he was not opening himself up anymore as a way to protect himself or ensure the but i thought we were mission. included in that it was like yeah it was something that we did as viewers to offend him hmm. which is crazy to say um i don't think maybe so. not because he's still it's talking possible. to mr robot and, and mr robot would be in that betrayal as well i don't know yeah but now mr robot is sort of speaking on his behalf yeah, I mean it's a style. It's again, it's like we're talking about the death. It's a stylistic choice. Like yep. they're doing this intentionally, and it's something different that's intentionally. And like whenever Elliot addresses us again, it's going to be a big moment. Yeah, and then we'll be able to judge at that moment whether it was worth going away from the the format for a season or not. And Elliot's been so on mission this season. That I think yeah, it's been. kind of appropriate that he doesn't take the time to talk to us. Yeah, even if he were inclined to, because yeah. you know, Mister Robot's the one who's been saying, "Let's slow down. Let's think mm -hmm. this through. Let's take like." keep our limits intact mm -hmm. um so yeah he would be the guy to while elliot's doing this mission stuff mm -hmm. talk to us uh what's up with the weird lady in the coffee shop i mean that's just uh. the, that's just a side effect of the weird framing like uh, but it's weird because i swear to god when she got up and walked towards the camera okay. and, and looked in the camera i thought like okay here's here's the third personality <laughs> It's the lady in the coat. She's She's been waiting in the wings of this coffee shop. Mm -hmm. But it's just, yeah, like uh, Sam Asmail, as a stylistic choice, frames everything at the extreme edges of the, the, the focus of the camera. So then anything going on in the background is going to look weird. Is this the same lady that people are saying looks like White Rose? Does she look like White Rose? A, no. I thought and she B, looked like a mid-40s Manhattanite. It's just a person. Yeah. yeah, it's just a person walking through frame. It means nothing, in my opinion. Yeah, but it's just framed like she's the center of focus just can, because... Can you imagine? if I So if I were going to try and spy on someone, uh -huh. here's what I would do. i find someone who looks as much like me as possible, <laughs> and I would send them into a coffee shop in a trench coat. Uh-huh. The McGruber plan. To spy, yeah. Just, mm -hmm. just so that if they did happen to spot the person, they'd go... Boy, that really looks like so and so. Mm -hmm. That really looks like Jim. I wonder if they're spying on me. Why would you send in someone who looks just like you to spy? <laughs> that's the whole. That's the opposite of the purpose of spying. But yeah, okay. it's like oh, it's just it's uh, there's there's no way they would send someone who looks just like them. It's it's <laughs> right. Too, it's so too it obvious. Be. Yeah, it's yeah. hiding in plain sight. <laughs> uh, reverse psychology. Krista came up with that one. Vera <laughs> saw right through it. That's right. That's right. He aluminum baseball bat right through that illusion. Uh, that's feedback we got for this week. Robot at baldmove.com is how you send us more. Uh, and also forums.baldmove.com is how you can discuss uh, Mr. Robot with your fellow fans. That's it for this week. We'll be back next week to see if we have, what, seven Pipers piping, nine Lords no, of the No, we're still on the six geese laying. Six, or we're, we're, we're holding out for the geese. We yeah. want our geese. Episode if you found, seven, if you found the geese, geese please, please send that in to robot.baldmove.com mm -hmm. so we can count them because we were counting on them. We didn't get it. Yeah, I want to know. Uh, until then, I'm Aaron. I'm Jim. See ya.